Toro Imoy is Chaz Bandic, an American songwriter, producer and multi-instrumentalist. In 2009, Toro Imoy gained worldwide acclaim, pioneering a genre of music dubbed Chillwave and continues to produce genre-blending smashes on his never-ending musical safari. You're tuned in to Roots to Grooves. That was quite an intro. That was tight. What's <laughs> up, Jay? How we doing? Uh, pretty good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. This is Roots to Grooves. I'm Roots. This is Grooves. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. We make up Roots to Grooves. <laughs> there we go. Interchangeable sometimes. I was going to say Numero What, but uh, we lost track because... We, we still get to choose which numeros these all are, I guess. Yeah. The beauty of uh, creating your own content ahead of time. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, we're super prepared, guys. Like, Look at that. They, I don't even know how many episodes we've had. Or too many uh, to count, Jay. Yeah, too, too many to many, count. Too many to count. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. Can't count them. <laughs> but, we, got, we got Toro Imoy. Yeah. Imoi. I, for Tor the longest Toro time, I was saying, yeah. I used to think it was Toro Imoi, because that's what it looks like, I would say. Yeah, it's French. It's a mixture of uh, Spanish and French, is what I heard. The, the bull and me. Yeah. So Toro being the bull and moi being French it's not for me. Moi, like yeah. a kiss. That's not the same thing. I mean, I don't know. I don't know where I'm getting that. I don't know what you. Well, that moi, like isn't that the kiss <laughs> sound? Oh, moi, like moi. I guess I don't know how you spell that. Yeah. Anyway, on yeah, you're digressing already. Yeah, I, I digress. It's already five minutes since. No, I'm just. Let, let's get into this though. Toro y moi. I was. Yeah. I was living in Hawaii when I first heard of this guy and just a yeah, buddy right? we were making some music turned me on to him like who's this guy sounds cool got how, a cool name how long ago was that then what year 2015 or so okay 2015 yeah. 2016 somewhere right yeah. there yeah I can't remember my buddy's name mm -hmm. unfortunately but he yeah. turned me on to Toro y Moi and I think yeah I mean I've been listening to him ever since he's pretty yeah. pretty prolific got yeah. some cool stuff yeah I only came across him through Spotify didn't realize who it was really i think i got them him mixed up with gabriel e and e rodrigo e gabriel because uh -oh. <laughs> of the why they got that why <laughs> but um i heard a couple of tracks of his and i thought they were um just like dancey kind of glitchy mm -hmm. electronica type yeah. things so he this yeah. guy hops around with some um even some house Kind yeah. of EDM, electronic music, mixes it with some cool, you know, real live instrument, instrumentation, yeah. kind of mixes some disco vibes, some yeah. grooves, yeah. Um, a little bit of some callbacks to some 60s or 70s, 80s yeah, yeah, uh, sure. dance music, yeah. kind of incorporates that throughout his, yeah. um, throughout all of his tracks. Yeah. So his real name is Chadwick Bradley Bundick. I, I got Chaz. Yeah, Chaz Bear. Bear. Chaz Bear. So which one is it? Way. Chaz Bear Bundick. Uh, well, I think, you know, his nickname is Chaz Bear, probably okay. amongst certain people maybe that are close to him. Depending but it, on... But it is written on his Wikipedia, so maybe okay. it's a common wide name for him. I mean, we all got a couple different nicknames <laughs> based on who your different yeah, circles. Exactly, yeah. These guys call me Bear. These guys call me Chaz. <laughs> and I'm Tori Moi. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so... Well, his name as well, he also said he came up with this name when he was 14 years old because right. he was uh, coming up with, um, well, he was like writing music by himself at that time and he 
needed a name for something he recorded and he just came up with that and, and it's, I mean, that was quite a few years before he ever came out with an yeah, official release under that same name yeah right yeah one interviewer asked him why did it take so long for that to happen and he was like well um like he started he put out a few things and then it wasn't a while until like he got some momentum like through people listening right and some press and stuff like that and then after he's that momentum and that reaction to his early releases, then he was just like, "Oh, okay, okay, I'm gonna start. Let's let me put out some more music now yeah, under yeah. this name." So, because he so he was back in um, in Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's where he was. Um, small college town. Yeah, he said it was uh, like dead during the summer, mm-hmm. but uh, really happening all during the, 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 the school are years. Back at and, home. Yeah, and he said it was like nothing to do other than like skate around and hang out in coffee shops with his friends and stuff and it's a classic high school kind of story coming yeah so he's like, like kind of a skater kid hanging out with his buddies and he was listening to stuff like weezer i think and the pixies like he was mm-hmm. into that all that kind of sort of stuff when he yeah, was younger and even, you know Matt, michael jackson i guess you could say he, yeah, he influences yeah. every single one of all artists yeah. to an extent at, at this point do you know how old uh chaz are we going to call him Chaz or what is she? Called? Let's call him something different every single time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> right, well, Bear. But yeah, we have um, a few. Chadwick. Yeah. I, I actually don't know how old he is. He looks pretty, he looks pretty he young, looks though. He looks super young, but like the stories he's telling and his albums, like when was his first one out? In like 20... Uh, 20 2010 or something? 2010. When, um, yeah. yeah, I think Causers of the... Causes of this was 2010. 2010, and yeah. I think he had a couple. He had started working on music before that. Yeah, um, maybe some unofficial releases. But he also had that band Lay Sins. Oh, I didn't hear about that one. Lay Sins. Lay Sins. Okay. Yeah, yeah. or it's mm-hmm. I don't know how you pronounce it. Lessons. I think it's kind of a double entendre kind of mm-hmm. play on words there, which is cool. Because he had a he must have had a few bands in. Because I think one was called The Heist. Oh, the heist and the accomplice. And the accomplice. Yeah, right, when he was in high school or something like that. Yeah, or, I think he started both yeah. those bands when he was in high school with his buddy. Yeah. Um. I think yeah. the, the Peter Peter Jameson or Jennings or something. Yeah. Okay. Um. Who who still plays bass with him on his yeah. live shows today? Yeah. Maybe not this year because nobody's doing live shows. Yeah. Um. So he had a couple of different musical projects, and then I think he started getting some acclaim, like you said, with Toro y Moi. So they were like, let's kind of focus on this. Yeah. And kind of build this up and see where this goes. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, he's 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 reached worldwide acclaim at this point, and probably yeah. most people and who really like music have probably heard a track or two, even though they can't maybe name the name. Yeah, yeah. There was a few. There was like one as I was looking through tracks for today, but I recognized and I was like, "Is that him? Or is that a cover? Is that a sample? I can't tell." Yeah, <laughs> I think it was him. I think it was. Uh, one of his tracks that is out there because he's yeah like super prolific. Yeah, he's Through good. How many albums has he had now since 2010? Like under um, Toro and Moff, yeah. There's I think four studio albums and there's a yeah. couple that's like Soul Trash, which is yeah. What is that? I, I think it's it's like it's a mix album or something. Like, or yeah, it's kind of a mixtape uh, type of thing with a couple other collaborators or okay. people remixing his stuff. Just yeah. some kind of a little more off the cuff. I don't yeah. think it's counted as a, a full studio album, yeah. but it, it's released um, with his other albums nonetheless. Okay. But uh, I mean, yeah, so I was in Hawaii when I heard about this guy and I fell in love with Underneath the Pine, which came out in 2011. That's his second mm-hmm. record. We can get to that in a second. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I guess he just started to get some worldwide acclaim or whatever, or mm-hmm. local acclaim at least. So he came out with Causers of This, first mm-hmm. album. Mm-hmm. 
um, in 2010. Mm. Have you, are you familiar? Did you hear anything off of that track? Off of that album? Um, I don't, I didn't recognize any of the tracks off of that album. It's um, pretty cool. I mean, so yeah, yeah. he, he was, he's kind of a pioneer of chill wave. Yeah. You heard that term? I think yeah. it's, it's been going around. I don't know if it's so much very popular now, but it was in 2009, 2010, and he's kind of considered a pioneer of that genre. Yeah, which I've heard him, you know, I think no musician really likes to be pigeonholed in any type of genre. And Right, and I don't so think he... He doesn't really like... He's like, oh, okay. I think the thing, uh, you know, that resonated with him the most is because the, uh, there's this other artist called um, Washed Out, Right. That did the uh, one of his tracks was used as the opening theme tune for Portlandia. I don't know if you heard that. Track. Oh, I, I didn't put that together. That's cool. Yeah. I like that track though. I know yeah, that show. Like, yeah, it's really like really cool track. And I think him and uh, uh, yeah, the guy from Washed Out um, met Chaz. <laughs> Chaz Bear. <laughs> Chaz Bear. Um, at a party at college or something, and they started talking about music. So when he was when people said, "Oh, you know about." these genres of music chill wave and all that he was like well i don't know about being like because you know he's compared to artists like washed out and he was like well yeah but we met him and we talked a lot about music and our inspirations so i said he said it kind of makes sense because a lot of their inspirations were similar and the types yeah. of things that inspired them to make their music so it kind of makes sense that their music they're creating now is similar and then people have just come up with this name this genre to describe it kind of thing but which is cool yeah, yeah. i mean I, I would like to come out with music and have somebody be like that, that yeah. guy invented that genre <laughs> like I, whatever yeah, it might be maybe yeah, it's not yeah, your favorite yeah. thing but like that's says something nonetheless yeah and i think i don't know why i wrote this as a note but i was like i would call it G indie dream wave is what i said that sounds better <laughs> um, that's a little more interesting i yeah i think because for me like the sound is like um well, the first track we played was super electronic and glitchy and beat. Pretty dancey. Kind of thing, yeah. yeah. But like, you know, but his repertoire is all over the place. Um, but what you do hear a lot in his tracks is a very organic kind of indie feel. Mm -hmm. And then layered with with this kind of, I guess, yeah, it's like a dreamy, relaxed sort of sound. Atmospheric probably kind of. where the chill rave, wave idea comes from, yeah. Yeah, nice kind of solid beat atmospheric yeah electronica kind of sound so he's... yeah because he said uh so when he started making music well so i guess like he was asked about how he got into music and he he was uh his mother got him piano lessons from the age of eight um until 12 and when he started learning guitar i think he switched yeah, he was like he i'm kind of sick of it he said he really hated piano lessons which is like me. I did piano lessons at young. And I really didn't like them. It seems like a common kind of trope or cliche. <laughs> like if people force you to do piano, you a lot of people are like, oh, let's not do that anymore. I think for me, it was like, well, one, the first piano teacher I had, she was like horrible to me. That's never. But fun. she was really nice to my dad whenever he came. Like, like you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then well, he's uh, the one paying, right? Exactly. Yeah. There you go. And then. Uh, and then later on, it was just like because they were on Fridays after school. I mean, like, come on, man. It's Friday it's party after night. school. Why are it, why, why it just doesn't stop. No fun for Jay. <laughs> yeah. But, um, and then so he started playing guitar, yeah, after that age 12. And then um, he was saying, I guess probably skipping forward, but probably not that long because he came up with his name at 14. Yeah. But he said he was originally had a four track 
uh, tape machine and, and was trying to do like acoustic music like Elliot Smith. Uh-huh. Like he was just basically trying to Im- imitate Elliot Smith is what he was saying. And that's one of his kind of big influences yeah. early on, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From like making what? music. And then he said from there, then he went on to messing around with beats and samples and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yes, yeah, so we started yeah. to kind of fall in love with some electronic stuff, even though it's... Yeah. Not yeah. where he was coming from, like you said, more yeah. kind of Pixies, Weezer, Michael Jackson. Yeah, a little that's more like the young or... stuff he was listening to growing right. up. And then Elliot Smith, when he was trying to make music, that was his first artist that he mentioned. And then and then into the, um, yeah, the, like the, the sort of beat electronic sampling type stuff. Yeah. Which, I mean, another, like other words to describe him, I've seen Glo-Fi. Yeah. Or hip, hypnagogic or hypnagogic yeah. pop. How, how do you pronounce that? I'm, I, I, hypnagogic. Because that's, another, that's a, how another artist that we're covering in a, another episode, Ariel Pink, I heard that description labeled on him as well. Right. Yeah. I did yeah. see a couple similarities yeah. between those artists and they yeah. might have some yeah. influence on each other even. Yeah. Or at least where they're coming from yeah. conceptually. I don't even know what that word means. Was it hypo... Hip, hypnagogic. Hypnagogic. Yeah, you guys tell us. Any <laughs> listeners who know how to say right, that. Right in. Yeah, please, because I'd like to know. But it's kind of a cool word. And I don't know, some of the, the genre stuff's weird. Some people don't like being associated with some words. Some people like, yeah. like having a, a word attached to them. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of hit or miss. It's subjective. But um, yeah. interesting word nonetheless. I'll give them that much. For sure. Whoever came up with that. <laughs> um, so that's a pretty cool album. It's pretty chill. Under the Pine. Um, or, uh, or are we on underneath the pine? Well, the first one, causes of this. Causes of this, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think. Well, so let I me mean, back up. He started on Fruity Loops, right? And then I think that was the first DAW he had, and then he, he yeah. switched to Reason. Yeah. And I think that's what he was using to make this. Yeah. yeah. As far as I know, and so that's where he was kind of getting into some sampling and electronic stuff. Yeah. So that album kind of sounds housey, mixed with some R and B, a little hip hop. Yeah. As he was kind of getting in there. Yeah. Tribe Called Quest, I think another one of his influences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, cool album. And then uh, I think he got a pretty good response from it, got the kind of chill wave label on him. And he was like, let's do it again. Yeah. And so then 2011, Underneath the Pine. Yeah. So that's mm-hmm. probably my favorite album that he's come up with. And that's the one that I kind of discovered mm-hmm. where I discovered him and kind of fell in love. Yeah. Um, did you get a chance to listen to that one? Um, I sort of skimmed through it, and but I picked out a couple of tracks that I really liked. New Beat and Still Sound. Yeah, I also... Tracks that I really liked resonated with me but yeah totally yeah i like um that album it's i think it's almost full full kind of um real instruments mm. i think you said oh, there's, yeah. there's maybe a couple um drums in the background or yeah a, a four on the floor kick kind of layered underneath but yeah. for the most part it's all real bass yeah keyboards or piano mm-hmm. drums yeah um which i i kind of tend to to go to be attracted to that as opposed to completely electronic stuff, I guess, personally. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I really appreciated it for that. And it's kind of a really groovy, um, kind of disco-y, synth-funk, mm-hmm. um, a little sexy, pretty luring kind of album. Yeah. And he said he recorded it at home between tours for his first album, which is interesting, and his time off. And he said it was stylistic departure because it yeah it used all live instrumentation and no samples like you said but he also cited horror movie soundtracks as his inspiration and space disco space disco <laughs> i like the sound of that yeah and it was like two composers that he mentioned specifically and i'm gonna balls up these names but i'm gonna try and pronounce them uh, one's an italian guy called piero umilani 
Perfect. And the other one was Francois du Rubai. I don't know how to pronounce Rub. It's like R O U B A I X. Like Ruboy? Is that you just Maybe. kind of don't say half of those Maybe, words? Maybe, yeah. Half of those letters? I should know this. I have French heritage, but I don't know how to speak French. I don't. It sounds good to me. <laughs> oui, oui. But um, I did. I did dive into a couple of those guys' music, and I was like, oh, damn, that's like, that's a whole other world of sonic goodness yeah. to, to, to listen to. And they, they, both these guys have um, releases out on Spotify. I say like I say it like they're like a new artist. They have yeah. releases on Spotify. But these, like, you know, they're compilation albums from, like, the 70s and 60s of, uh-huh. like, film soundtracks, that they kind of thing. And uh, I actually want to play a little bit from both of these artists. Yeah, if we can, I'd love bit. to hear that. Um, should we do that, or should we play a little bit of uh, Toro et moi first to sort of set the scene? Yeah, give them a little. Maybe yeah. let's throw on new beat. Okay, I think that's a, right. it's a nice, uh, all right, attractive one. We'll throw this on first. Cool. I'm hearing the little bit of. Uh, Michael Jackson influence in that from off, totally. the, off the wall. Yeah, I feel that. Just with the drum mm-hmm. sounds. Disco vibe as well. Yeah, so all, all live instrumentation. As far as I know, he's got his yeah. own small, you know, humble home studio yeah. where he's got everything he needs. Which is, I mean, that's the way to go, especially in 2020, DIY. The COVID times. Right. Yeah, that's super vibey. I like that a lot. Yeah, he's, so he's really good at coming up with these cool vibes. These yeah. cool little worlds that kind of suck you in and you're like, where yeah. am I? Where am I going? Yeah. Um, I, I think he started re- writing a lot of that stuff during the causers of this kind of time mm-hmm. when that one was coming out. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, obviously it sounds like he's working on a lot of stuff as he's working on other stuff. Yeah. He said, I think he said he gets bored pretty easily, so he's always kind of tr- trying to switch it up. Yeah, like jumps around a mm-hmm. lot kind of thing. Um, he also said he, <laughs> someone asked him, like, what music are you listening to when you're not listening to Inspirations? And he was just like, oh, I listen to my own tracks. Yeah. <laughs> over and over again. A little kind of, like, reminds mean, of Kanye West or something. Yeah, Somebody yeah, would say yeah. something like that. I feel like, I mean, by the way, Toro Moy is super humble sweet person yeah he seems totally yeah, down to earth real yeah. chill and i think like you know the fact that he was just trying to say i think like when he's working on tracks like he's super obsessive and kind of a perfectionist mm-hmm. and so that's why he listens to his music over and he's over. not just jamming in the car like this no. is the dopest stuff he's like, i've ever heard yeah exactly he's like analyzing just like crit- he, critiquing himself yeah falls to sleep with his headphones on like you know trying to think of you know how to make the tracks better kind of thing yeah how to improve know. his art reflect on his own stuff yeah. so that's i mean yeah. a super healthy and cool thing to do yeah and so another thing he said he does is every time before he makes an album he puts a playlist together of other tracks that he's interested oh, in yeah i think i saw that and that sounds like a great idea yeah it does it's, it's an amazing idea because um and i've heard other artists do this as well um where you uh, you know because it's not like you're trying to copy the sound, but you're trying to capture like a mood or a feeling or a texture mm-hmm. or production texture sound kind so, of thing. Which like, can be retranslated to a different yeah, yeah. genre or something, but exactly, you kind of yeah. take that vibe and like re- the sound of the drums or whatever. And totally. He said he, he listens to a lot of, uh, and I'm going to play this track next, which is one of the ones that he 
not this track in particular, but this artist, this composer, mm-hmm. is a movie soundtrack composer, someone that he cited that was an influence for that album. Cool. And, um, but he said, like, uh, actually, for this album, he was listening to these old 70s tracks uh, for production techniques as well. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of hear that in that track that we just played. Yeah, I feel like it comes across nice. Yeah, but he said, like, now in his most recent work, he's listening to that older stuff more to listen for, like, chords, patterns and sequences mm-hmm. of what they played kind of thing. And then he's listening to newer stuff for production techniques. So he's, nice. like, he's gone... He's like explored that in his earlier albums and now he's moved on to exploring different combinations of yeah, inspiration. That's and super like cool. That. Yeah. Kind of taking best from both worlds of yeah, the, the yeah. modern production techniques. Yeah. Older so, vibes. Exactly. Them together you got some cool groovy stuff. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing thing. And so I just want to spin uh, a little bit of this track, Non Molaire. I don't know where it's from. I think it's from a movie. I got it from a compilation thing that's on uh, Spotify. I've not uh, heard it. I would, yeah. Yeah, from uh, Piero Umalani. And I don't know if this is probably not this track in particular, but I think as he's creating playlists, it was probably in another song that he was inspired by, kind of thing. Sure. But definitely in this track, this is like the most funkiest thing I heard. So I was like, I'm excited to hear it. So, yeah. That's cool. a great track. I feel like you could really hear the underneath the pine. Yeah. Um, what he was able to accomplish. Yeah, if you listen to like the production techniques, it's like the the drum sounds in particular. Uh-huh. And then like those, those sort of, just those weird uh, sustainy woodblock type shakery things. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. In the background sort of thing. It's very like understated, but it sort of makes that texture, I think. Totally, like, yeah. So a lot of the stuff he was listening to, I think it's kind of like, um, exploring that realm of production technique. Totally. And then quickly, before we move on to, <laughs> to talking more about Toro, I wanted to play his other inspiration that he cited for that album was a guy called Francois du de Reboy. Or Rubo? Reboy? Reboy? Something like that, yeah. Rubo. And this one's like, um, I swear this has been sampled by artists and I can't pinpoint who it is, but it reminds me a lot of like Air. That French band Air. Okay, yeah, um, I have one particular track that I really like from Air. Yeah. That's mostly all I know. I feel like if they didn't sample this, like they made a track that was really similar. Uh-huh. And I don't know, you might hear something in this. Let's see. Yeah, this part really reminds me of some Air, the end of an Air track or something. That's great. You can definitely hear that cinematic, yeah. Um, you know that that dynamic or depth. And that was from a movie soundtrack, a film called Le Sort de Lange. I'll have to check that one out. I don't am know I, what it's I... about, but it looks like criminals. I'm up to. <laughs> There's a guy with a cigar. A guy with a mustache. They're all looking very pensive. Some crooks. Yeah. Some I'm up to check it out the the local video store. I guess. Yeah. Head Holly- on down. Hollywood video. Yeah. Head down there. I'm more of a blockbuster guy. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> that's a cool track. Yeah, it's nice. I like hearing stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. You can definitely hear that, and especially some of Toro's other, um, or Chaz or Bear, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> and I think uh, the album Boo Boo, which we'll talk about in a couple, but you can definitely okay. hear some of that cinematic, yeah, yeah. you know, piano, and you can 
obviously tell he's coming from kind of a piano based mindset i feel like yeah he, I, guess, I think he writes a lot of his songs starting with piano oh yeah i mean being his first instrument i guess whether he mm -hmm. liked it or not learning it, it he's right. like maybe gravitates to it a little bit when he's coming totally, up with tunes totally. and stuff like that yeah mm -hmm. no, i think it was cool so i mean he i think it was cool when he was coming up with the ideas for this album he was thinking of his live shows yeah and so i think that's one of the reasons why he wanted to do a lot of full instrumentation so he can have a a yeah. band yeah. You know, and play with him and get that live element rather than being up there with a, a guy with a laptop. Yeah. yeah. Um, which he also does too. Cause he DJs, he, mm -hmm. he kind of does that as well. Yeah. He said when he first started touring, it was just him solo mm -hmm. and uh, he'd get like a hundred bucks a night or something like that. Maybe yeah, driving around by himself in driving his, around. his Ford Focus. Ford I think Focus. Yeah. And he said it was like, you know, super lonely and uh, after he was doing it for a while we just started inviting some of his friends to come on the road with mm -hmm. him for some company or something that's what like i would that. do yeah a little road trip buddy yeah that sounds fun to me yeah and then i guess like as it, the more he started doing it and the more uh money he started making he said it kind of uh became like coincidental that he was able to afford to have a band mm -hmm. play with him live because i think it's probably what he always wanted right that's probably i yeah. think it was kind of his goal mm -hmm. but you know you got to start somewhere and do it yeah, do exactly, what you can yeah. with what you have available yeah, exactly yeah. um i think he yeah i think he even said he had good timing yeah with the way things kind of worked out yeah so i mean mm. super cool if anyone's trying to listen to Toro more that's the album that i would start with the, underneath I, the pine uh, yeah underneath the pine 2011 mm -hmm. streaming everywhere i found it on spotify yeah um yeah that's where i would for sure start and he has some other good stuff too you want to talk yeah. about i think after underneath the pine he had a the, the freaking out ep Mm -hmm. I don't know if you heard that one. I listened to a couple of tracks off, mm -hmm. and it was pretty cool. I think he mm -hmm. wanted to do a couple more upbeat tunes so that he could have, yeah, add that to his live show. Yeah, he was saying, um, yeah, someone asked him, why did you release something so quickly after that album? Right, because it was the it's an EP, but it was like a substantial release of good tracks. Right, and uh, yeah, he said he literally did that so he could have more upbeat songs to play live <laughs> which is i mean that's great yeah. i mean so you can see yeah. this kind of pattern how he's thinking about well what do i want to do for my live show and how, yeah. how am i going to build this yeah. concept for my release yeah that's something you talked forward. about a lot actually he was um he seems to be someone that well on the surface of it at least for me like he's super creative and he dives into his influences and he's able to grab what he needs from those influences and and then create something really sonically new yeah and fresh um but he also seems to be someone that's very not self-conscious but well he's definitely self-critical and a perfectionist like he says but um the the fact that i think sometimes like the more success he's got and it's been hard to separate like all the noise of his success you know i think that's one yeah. of the reasons why he's he's had these other bands these other side projects to distract so, him or something yeah like you yeah. said he gets bored so he has these other yeah. options these other outlets to do kind of different stuff yeah um i think like i was saying lay sins is still i mean a little more dancey yeah um so we got a little more electronic yeah, yeah um you know yada yada yeah uh i think yeah some more upbeat songs he came out with that da, 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 da. i think he wrote that right kind of at the time the time that underneath the pine was coming out mm -hmm. i think he was listening to a lot of um daft punk's discovery mm. album which is a cool album mm -hmm. and i think that was he's kind of coming with some french house influence there is that the one that had pharrell williams on it is that the newer one no discovery oh. was the older one the older one yeah, yeah that was like yeah. i don't know around the no. homework came out yeah discovery was maybe the next one i'm not i don't okay, know yeah. you guys tell me you're gonna sound yeah. like a dummy right now 
They've only had like three albums. Have they Daft Punk or something? I don't know. Um, I, think I don't know. We'll, we'll do them in the next episode no. <laughs> and we'll find out. We'll figure that out. We'll unmask them here on Roots to Grieve. You'll finally see their faces. Yeah. And we'll also tell you Exclusive who interviews. Yeah, we, we got all the secrets at Rooster Grooves, okay? <laughs> Little does everybody yeah, know. No one knows. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, Freaking Out EP. Um, after that, da, 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 uh, June 2009. Mm-hmm. And I guess that was kind of a compilation album of tracks that he was working on mm-hmm. around the 2009 era, yeah. which was before you know his first major release came out. Yeah. Um, I listened to that and that, I, I didn't know that was kind of a compilation type thing when I heard it. I thought it was like an album and I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Some, you know, mm-hmm. kind of similar aspects to Underneath the Pine mm-hmm. and, you know, kind of mixed with his first album. So it's kind of a little, yeah. little mix of both of those two, I would say. And it's pretty good. Yeah. It's good stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to like hate on anybody, but some of this, some of it's a little more hit or miss, Okay, I guess. Yeah. You know, it's not as conceptually um, distilled. Yeah. It's Would kind of... say it's more poppy or something like that or more... Uh, mainstreamy it's a little bit more kind of a little both it's a little more weird Mm -hmm. um but a little bit more poppy like i don't know i'm not an expert on that album so i don't want to speak to it too much but it's got some groovy stuff that he's known for some cool beats some cool vibes yeah um maybe like the songwriting aspect isn't as strong like the song structures yeah um but again he what he really excels at is vibes i think yeah Kind of creating that Definitely. sonic sound, that sonic landscape, and he does yeah. a really good job of that, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's a cool album. I would check out as well. Mm-hmm. After that, anything in return, the third LP, mm-hmm. 2013. Oh, I didn't check anything out about that. Oh, damn. yeah. I mean, so I he's s- just at this point after 2010, he was kind of busting stuff out. Yeah, yeah. Pretty, pretty prolifically every year. What was that album like, music-wise? Is it? Um. I, I don't know exactly. I didn't do mm. too much research on it. I've listened to it mm. and I don't want to speak to it too much, but again, mm. kind of more some groovy stuff, some kind of funky stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I should have done some more research on that one. But like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm like an underneath the pine guy. Yeah. It's a tough thing, guys, because this guy has so many albums out and it hit me sideways because I didn't realize. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize they had so much stuff out. And uh, Yeah. He's got some deep yeah. cuts, a lot of good, good stuff on these albums. I think anything in return was a little bit longer too. So it was a little mm. more substantial. I think this is where some songwriting structure helped it excel a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it kept a little more interesting and a little more cinematic mm-hmm. is what I would say about it. But it's a, it's a good listen nonetheless. Yeah. Um, either way. And then so, where does Outer Peace come into this? Is that the next one after that? Uh, Outer Peace was the latest one in 2019 okay. that came out, which is a cool album. But after mm-hmm. Anything in Return in 2013, I guess the next one was What For? Mm-hmm. And I don't know where I have that. That was 2015. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty old school, psychedelic, pop and rock. Mm. Um, I think it's a little more catchy. Okay. There's some, you know, some good bops on there. Um, a little bit better vocals than some of his other stuff. Yeah. Um, it just seems like he was starting to really hone his craft a little bit more, I guess. Okay. And so all, this, all these ideas he's been coming out with from 2010 are starting to kind of coalesce and really make something super cool. Was that the one that he said, because I think like he mentioned one album uh, specifically where he was literally trying to just uh, flex his production skills and show people what he could do mm-hmm. production wise. Is that the one maybe? Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of kind of where he's coming from 
yeah. in his head when he's coming out with these albums. Like, what what can I feature? What can I yeah. show mm-hmm. people that I can do? Yeah. Um. So he is kind of switching it up. But I think, yeah, what for was you know some some pretty cool catchy songs, good vocals, good production. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it was. I mean, that's where he was kind of trying mm-hmm. to highlight production a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Not sure, but it's got a nice you know modern punch to it. Is there so, a, a track that sticks out for you from that album? Uh, not. We should spin or. There was one called. No, I'm thinking of a different album. Okay. <laughs> so no, but I, w- this I would. This is the lost album. Right yeah, now. yeah, yeah, exactly. We don't know anything about it. Nobody does. Um, but it's it's cool. It's good stuff. I think if you listen to these in this in his discography through the way we're describing, you can hear a little bit of his, you know, his growth as an artist. Mm. You can kind of see what he's trying to achieve. Yeah. Um. You know in the in that context yeah after, that was 2015 and that was a pretty good album and after yeah. that was i guess um outer peace 2019 yeah i don't know what he's doing in between maybe i'm missing something but i think he has a few other releases there was in there one called boo boo oh no i totally skipped over boo boo i think i put these in the wrong order so yeah boo boo was 2017 Psh, damn man he's just like album after album yeah so he's, wow. he's been pretty prolific and boo boo yeah 2017 synth funk vaporwave a little bit some mm-hmm. cool Cool bass lines, really vibey 80s synths mm-hmm. um, throughout. Kind mm-hmm. of a kind of a, kind of dark and cinematic. Oh yeah, I would say really? um, that's probably my second favorite album. What okay, let's out of his disc- discography. Let's try and listen to a bit of that. Is there a track that you like? Yeah, let me uh, pull one up real quick, real quick. Da, da, da. Girl like you. Girl. That one's a dope jam that I really like. Pretty but, dope. What do you think about auto-tune vocals like that? Oh, uh, I didn't really notice it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. I, I've just been kind of um, noticing that in, in music in general, and I kind of really like it if it's done in a nice finessed way. I think it sounds pretty cool. I don't like it if it's overused, like totally. it is in a lot of trap music. Uh, there's a lot of artists that seemingly can't release a song without putting it on their vocals. Yeah, I think it's a cool effect if yeah. you use it minimalistically. Well, it's weird because like, I think like the way it was in, it invented was to fix minor imperfections, uh-huh. and then people started abusing it to like to, to an effect. Not well, abusing is a is a bad word, I guess. I guess like people discover they can use it in an artistic way, mm-hmm. which, you know. Yeah, and more and more, I think it's being used as yeah. a as an an effect yeah. or a little yeah, yeah. you know vibe yeah. treatment. To- and, I, and I think in that track, it was used to the best the way i like to hear it yeah well i think that kind of music it kind of it kind of works really well even though it's because this whole album has like a little bit of a nostalgic vintage kind of yeah well it's um that's very sort of 80s sounding to me and totally i think uh before auto tune they had the vocoder i guess that's yeah with the like the 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 little tube transparent tube that you Mm -hmm. put in your mouth and and you're like doing like keyboard things and blowing through it or something which that stuff is pretty cool because there was there was they were doing that stuff kind of back in the day yeah yeah. like quite a bit of time ago when i don't know i just saw a couple weird videos and i'm like i think like herbie hancock did it and um it's a pretty futuristic sound if you do it right which is like you know even like daft punk with the the vocoder kind of effect kind of that is like the yeah. That's not an auto tune effect. That is like vocoder sounding to me. Daft, uh-huh. Daft Punk stuff, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, yeah, mixing all these ideas up a little bit to yeah. create unique vocals is cool. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. the whole the rest of the album is kind of like that. 
it's yeah, super yeah. cool super yeah. vibey kind of that old nice older vintage kind of thing but with these like modern you know production techniques like use of auto-tune yeah. and i think like that blends it together really nicely for me so it's crazy like from album to album he's like quite i want to i don't want to say drastically different but in a way like totally for like, for, for like if you like rewind this episode go back to the first track mm -hmm. we played versus that one you wouldn't think it was the same artist yeah i think he does a really good job of that yeah showing a different side of him yeah yeah growing a little bit trying something new yeah, and yeah. creating a different vibe each each yeah. release mm -hmm. but listen to that album and listen to underneath the pine and you can obviously tell it's the same guy yeah, yeah. and i think that's a cool testament to a good artist yeah i think there's definitely underlying um sound and feel between all of his albums there is something consistent there i feel like yeah even though it's the groove it's the groove yeah that's it that's what it is he brings <laughs> he brings the groove yeah from the roots yeah yeah little roots to grooves reference there yeah yeah so i mean that was his uh 2017 mm -hmm. and i mean that doesn't feel that like that long ago but i i think i i found that yeah. album on a road trip or something okay so it was yeah. a good good vibes there yeah. oh it's for the uh the the eclipse Oh yeah, you went on a road trip for the eclipse. Yeah, the, the that eclipse in 2017, like the full solar eclipse. Oh. And you had to, we had to drive to Oregon to see it. Oh, okay. And that's where yeah. I listened to that album, so I, I have that connection. Did you see the actual full solar eclipse? Did yeah. It get dark. Yeah, it got dark. Oh damn. And the birds yeah. went to sleep, and it was it got cold, <laughs> and it was scary. Oh shit! Actually, yeah. Uh, I highly recommend everybody seeing that if you get the opportunity. Was there another one since then? There was one in South America in 2019. I think the next one in America is supposed to be like 2021 so i think what happened is in 27 i was running i don't run a lot but i was running in my neighborhood in capitol hill yeah in 2017 during the eclipse just casual run well because i was like you're not going to see it up here but it did it kind of got like it, it was almost like you put sunglasses on mm -hmm. and that was it just kind of dim like the birds were just like oh. a little weird they were like they were a little weird the birds were weird and I was out and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah I think you could yeah. you could see some effect, but you had to be in that path of totality to. It's completely. To really see it. yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. I recommend it to anybody. It's a amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty freaky and weird. So I mean, you can see where a lot of these stories from the Mayans and stuff about gods and the world mm. probably might have come from. Probably um, might have. <laughs> like I, I do i digress let's get back on track here i don't know what i'm talking about this is not a science podcast yeah it could be well, well, well maybe we'll switch it well actually though but um uh, his next album was called outer peace was yeah so right? then 2019 i don't know did we skip and, what uh, for let me go well, because you no, were we talking about for. all this science stuff. and then I just put these two albums in the wrong order, so I'm all backed up. But let's uh, go to 2019, Outer Peace. Well, yeah, because you're talking about all this science stuff, and there's a track that I pulled of his called Lords of the Universe. So Maybe we should give that one a little listen. Maybe we should listen. Is that one's off of Outer Peace? <laughs> yeah. Let's give that a little listen real quick. Yeah, let's give it a look. So by this time, he's fully embraced the upbeat. <laughs> <laughs> I think he wanted to do that with that album. Yeah, yeah. I think he meant to make it a little bit more fun. I yeah. think he wanted to make it a little more upbeat. Yeah, yeah. Kind of expand his range. Because he's done mm. some upbeat, dancey stuff before, but I think yeah. he wanted to like kind of get a little more creative, explore a little bit more, more new territories. You can hear it. It's a pretty fun, kind of energetic kind of record. Yeah, yeah. And I think most of the songs are kind of a little bit in that vibe. They got their own 
things going on, mm-hmm. but it's generally kind of fun and upbeat like that. I think he said he wanted to make it uh, a fun, something fun to listen to in the car, mm. which, you know, For cars, sure. cars and music, you know, there's some kind of connection there that everyone relates to. Cause I mean, I love that. Yeah. I mean, back in the day I used to make, uh, so on trips with my parents, I lived in the UK and I used to like to drive all the way to Belgium or France or the Netherlands. Just casually drive to another country. <laughs> So, you know, Day trip. wake up at four in the morning, I'd sleep in the back of the car, bring my pillow and my duvet and my comforter or whatever. It's relatively close, though. How long are we talking? Like a two hour I mean, trip? Yeah, actually. Yeah. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, probably f- four hours to Belgium driving. But I'd always make these uh, little mixtapes, you know. I'd like do them yeah. beforehand, like a week beforehand. And getting ready for this trip. Getting ready for this trip yes. and put them on. And yeah, so uh, yeah, a lot of music I listened to growing up was uh, staring out of the window, driving through Europe somewhere. Yeah, like, just getting lost in the, getting in lost. the countryside. Yeah, the countryside. Lis- listening to uh, tracks as like the, the scenery's passing by. Kind of I thing. mean, I'll just yeah. throw on a good album that I want to listen to, get a cup mm. of coffee and just kind of aimlessly drive around for a while. I it's think nice. It's, it's great. It's a nice thing to do. It's like meditation. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that, you know, some more vintage grooves on this album. Yeah. Like, you can hear kind of, I mean, that sounds kind of like some kind of 70s disco kind of beat. For sure. Um, yeah. It's a little spacey. There's still some R&B, which he always goes back to, but it's it's artsy. It's fun. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a all-night dance party kind of vibe. Yeah. And I don't know if you, I mean, I was listening to it in the daytime, but it could be at night. Mm-hmm. I think it's a daytime thing for uh-huh. me. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, a little more digitized. I think he was using a little more hardware on this than than real instruments yeah um so yeah, you know, yeah. again kind of hear that yeah. kind of um displaying his ability to do do either or yeah which is cool so i mean that, i think that's definitely a fun record were you able to listen to any any other tracks off that uh there was uh, one more that caught my ear off of that album and it was called ordinary pleasure yeah i think that's yeah. another good one too yeah Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think that's a pretty accessible record if you want to listen to some Toro that's pretty fun and mm. kind of gives it to you right away. Yeah. It's not asking too much of the listener. It's kind of like, here's here's the candy. It's tasty yeah. and it's yummy. Here he, it is immediately. He's definitely one of these artists that I, I want to listen to the full albums for. Like, I don't always get all the time in the world before Roots to Grooves. We're for done. New artists, so I'm busy guy. Jay's a busy so guy. I'm quickly trying to research and find tracks in like an hour kind uh-huh. of thing. And uh, yeah. I just like skim through, it's like that one, that one, that one. And I think this like vibey kind of thing. But mm-hmm. for sure, I was like hearing stuff in all those albums that's like, okay, I got to just actually just put this on from beginning to end. And like, Yeah, you know, like, I think that another good sign of a good artist when you want to listen to the, yeah. the rest of the stuff, it's not just a good single. Yeah. And I think a lot of these songs go, go over well as album songs rather than here's a banging yeah, yeah, single. Yeah, yeah. And some of them do hit that mark for sure. He has mm. probably at least one on every album. It's just like a nice solid single, I think. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's old school to, to to listen to full albums these days. I mean, I mean, we I think we have we've had this ex- discussion before. Uh, yeah, I think and, it's an ongoing conversation an ongoing in the conversation. in the music. Yeah, because I I feel like especially with these artists that you know, especially Tori Moi, he you know he doesn't go to make a song. Mm-hmm. He goes to make an album. Yeah. Like, and he said that, like, like I'll say it again. I said it earlier, like every time he doesn't, before he does an album, he puts together a playlist Mm -hmm. of inspirations and and that's what inspires him sonically, production wise, 
so who, he's getting a mindset wise. ready yeah, he's getting seeing where he wants to go yeah to like create a, a body of work like a bunch of tracks kind of thing and yeah i mean you know i think it depends what type of music listener you are i feel like the type of people that listen to him are not people that just skip around and just listen to songs maybe a little bit but like i feel like people that really are into him and listening to all of every track on his album totally and appreciating it um, that's the that's the way i would recommend it yeah. i would i would start with underneath the pine listen to that all the way through and yeah. you're not going to get bored yeah. you're going to be like i want more of that and then listen to like maybe ordinary pleasure or mm -hmm. uh, i mean um outer peace yeah, yeah. As, a, as a whole yeah. get some coffee go on a drive exactly yeah. throw some sunglasses on yeah and just zone out to it because it's good nice i think after outer peace mm -hmm. he i think he's released maybe like another um single or something mm -hmm. maybe like a i'm trying to find it but i can't find it right now mm -hmm. but i mean that's his last full length lp and it's pretty fun it's pretty good last year yeah. yeah so and i think he's coming out with something else um if i was reading correctly or in an interview i think he said he's starting working on his next project already so it's it's I in the works not doubt it <laughs> yeah exactly that's i mean how prolific it is. yeah he has a single out called the difference that came out this year Okay, that's what um, I was trying to, which I haven't yeah. even heard. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you guys tell me, listeners, please let I me know. I have not heard it yet. I'll listen to it on my way home, maybe. But then he did release this mixtape um, called Soul Trash. Mm hmm And, uh... And that, that was a little more experimental stuff, kind of a little more electronic-based. I don't know if it's a remix album. Yeah, Pitchfork says he's he is... They said this in January of last year. <laughs> okay, quite a while ago. So he's due for a release. Yeah, it said he just released quietly what sounds like a new mixtape in an Instagram post. He posted a drop block, a Dropbox link to the new music, and it was available for free download. Originally, um, now I he took the Instagram post down. I don't think the Dropbox link is available, uh -huh. but the mixtape is out on Spotify. So I think there's a question mark right now whether he actually wrote any of the music on this or whether it was just stuff. That's the question mark in my head too. I'm not sure who, who did it, but he definitely was collaborating, I think. Mm -hmm. And it's definitely not a, a I mean, full-length LP there project. Are, there are no other artists, I don't think, uh, credited Okay, maybe I was wrong. I thought I saw a feature or oh, maybe a collaborator, but I don't know what I'm talking about as far as that album goes. I guess. Well, because there was one track on there um, that I really liked that was really catchy, and I might play a little bit of it. Mm -hmm. But I'm just trying to look up the album. Uh, okay, yeah, I guess there's Elijah Kessler was on one track, Old Grape God. So he's working with a couple cats. Yeah, but actually, most of the stuff on here is him. Yeah. It's cool. I would. I, yeah. I think I dove into that a little bit, and it's some cool stuff. Yeah. A little more electronic. Yeah. Um. Not as, not not the Toro Imoy LP kind of cinematic universe type thing. Yeah. So it's I just think a little more off the cuff. Maybe that's why he released it that way, so people wouldn't think it was him. Totally. But it kind of is, wasn't it? <laughs> and I mean, you can see this guy wants yeah. to release all kinds of stuff, and he just yeah. doesn't know which label, which uh, you yeah. know, name to. Yeah, to put it under, I guess. I feel like at this point, though, he can't really do any wrong. He should just like not care about that too much and just put it out because I think people will love it. I so, think people mostly yeah. love his fans love all the stuff, all his different projects and stuff. So it's not yeah. too weird or out of the yeah. out of the ordinary for for the the fans to like that just as much. 
even it, though it's a little bit different genre. Here's this track though. It's called Drip Bounce underscore seven underscore twenty four underscore eighteen. We got some funky names on here. So he maybe made Drip Bounce in July of twenty eighteen. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good to me. I'm I'm sure that's it. Let me uh, get it right. So, yeah. Maybe I was completely wrong because that sounds more kind of bedroom lo-fi indie rather than what I was saying that that album's more electronic. That one now did. Now I'm confused. That one did, but that's the, I think the very last track. Okay, maybe it's <laughs> On just... that mix, I think there's other ones that are more like what you're saying. Um, sounds good though, I like that. Yeah. And, and Pretty like, chill. I can't tell whether that was a, a sample or something he did and... I feel like it's almost kind of like a B-sides kind of record. Like, here's yeah, some ideas yeah. that never got yeah, yeah. You know, put on a, you know, a, an LP. Yeah. And wanted to put them out anyway, though. Yeah. B-sides. That's an old throwback as well. No one I does B-sides anymore. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they should. I think a lot of cool yeah. old school bands have a cool B-side that I they like. did. I've never heard of it. And I'm uh, like, I discover it randomly. And I'm like, this is dope. Smashing Pumpkins was a band that did that out of... All people to get this. My dad got um, a Smashing Pumpkins uh, album, and it was a compilation of B sides. And I actually like those more than some of their other tracks. Before like, they got big, or on their way up, or uh, when was no, this? They're already big. This they released that in like the late nineties, I think. Okay, gotcha. I um, never heard that. Yeah, it's just. I a, like me some Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, they're really good, and and this B sides album was just really cool because it wasn't like, um, you know, big hits there were there was some really interesting tracks showing a little bit of a different side of smashing pumpkins yeah yeah not sure. just their kind of grungy thrashy kind of thing i was still grungy thrashy for sure oh but. well there you go that's what they do best <laughs> but it was definitely yeah i think a b-side is kind of like a you know the band but not quite the band type sound yeah when they're a bit more experimental like we don't want to studio or something like that we don't want to present this as us but we want to put it out there yeah. for people to share you know exactly yeah because it's good stuff still that's fair yeah yeah that's so. all i got on tour Moy chaz bear bundick from columbia south carolina <laughs> yeah multi-instrumentalist producer we, yeah singer songwriter we didn't we also didn't say that i think his mother is filipino and his dad's african-american so he's got some interesting heritage there yeah to, to draw upon um and that that must have been interesting uh being in South Carolina, I don't think that's like the most diverse place in the U.S. Uh, he got asked that and he was like, well, it was like, maybe I like thought about which lunch table to sit at. But he said apart from that, he just kind of focused on his own interests. Mm -hmm. So, And we see where that ended up now. For sure. Yeah. I'm glad he did. Uh, got it with the skater crew, listening to Weezer and the Pixies and Elliot Smith picking up his acoustic guitar. And then, and then now doing all this most interesting stuff cool groovy funky stuff for sure embracing yeah. the diy style yeah, yeah i definitely like i said before listen to underneath the pine that's where i would start okay. second outer piece yeah um and if you like that stuff you get into the rest of the discography nice. good one it's super fun do you want to play us out with ordinary pleasure off that 2009 okay yeah. LP? all right let's go for it all right thanks guys roots to groove is out jay out. and jesse we'll see you next time peace Roots to Grooves is a production of Signal Radio.
For more music and independent culture, visit signalradio.com.